Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant. We welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Today we continue our coverage of campaign 2023 by interviewing the men at the top of the Republican statewide ticket. We've also invited the Democrats. We await their response. The GOP nominee for governor is Attorney General Daniel Cameron and his running mate for Lieutenant Governor is State Senator Robbie Mills of Henderson. Heading into the last month of the campaign, it's been a lively election year. Cameron easily won a crowded 12 candidate Republican field in the primary with about 43% of the vote soon after he chose Senator Mills to be his running mate. The two have staked out conservative positions, notably on social issues including abortion and legislation regarding transgender youth. Today we'll interview Cameron and Mills here on Kentucky Newsmakers and we welcome both of you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much, Bill. We really appreciate it. Uh, first, uh, we'll get into all the issues and there are plenty of them, but tell us about your selection of uh, Senator Mills uh, to, to be your running mate. Well, when I I thought of somebody who is, uh, as the newspapers have styled him, a true conservative warrior. Uh, that was Robbie Mills, and he has been leading on pro-coal legislation. He's been leading uh, on pro-family legislation, and he's been leading uh, in terms of our legislature on issues that are important to the private sector. Of course, Robbie can share this with you, uh, but he's been a longtime businessman, uh, has owned a tri-cleaners uh, in Henderson and the surrounding areas, and so I uh, wanted somebody that had and checked all those different boxes uh, and certainly grateful uh, to have him on the ticket. Senator Mills, uh, this is an experience running statewide, I'm sure. Uh, tell us uh, about your background to this point and why you accepted this sure, sort of challenge. Sure, Bill. It's great to be here today. Uh, you know, I've spent 18 years on the Henderson City Commission and got to deal with a lot of local issues there and uh, have uh, children that made their way through school. And after they made it through college, my wife uh, told me I could go to Frankfurt if I wanted to. So ran for state rep and uh, was able to flip the house uh, in 2017. Was involved in that for two years and then had, and finishing up my fifth year in the state senate. Would you foresee a, a, a liaison to the legislature type role for uh, Senator Mills if he uh, should be fortunate enough to become lieutenant governor? Well, Robbie's going to be the next lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky and I want him to be a full active partner uh, in making sure that we have uh, leadership in this state that reflects uh, uh, Kentuckians in all 120 counties. And so, yes, I want him to be an active partner, uh, building relationships with our legislature so that we can get things on really big and important issues for Kentuckians, whether it is uh, addressing the issues at our schools to catch our kids up, whether it is addressing the issue of crime. Uh, we've got a governor, as you know, Bill, that let out 2,000 criminals. A third of those have recommitted felony offenses across Kentucky. We need to have legislation to address that and so we can improve the morale of our law enforcement community and have stiffer penalties uh, for these criminals and keep them in jail as opposed to keeping them out. Uh, so Robbie's going to be an active partner in that and as well making sure that uh, we eliminate Kentucky's income tax so that we can give folks more of their money uh, back into their pockets. All right. Uh, you may not be doing the issues in the order that I had planned, but I, I'm going to go down that path with you. Let's talk about this situation with the, with the income tax. So you want to eliminate it and do it quickly. As you know, the uh, budget director says that the trigger to do the next lowering uh, was not met. Uh, and the law says you did not meet the trigger. Would you uh, push forward with 
lowering that income tax rate anyway, uh, given that that trigger was not hit. Well, Bill, let me back up and just provide my rationale for why this is so important. Uh, I think we need a governor that's going to, to stand up to Joe Biden and to make sure that we're standing up for the values of our citizens. And a lot of folks realize in Washington, they call it Bidenomics, but the rest of us just call it 40-year record high inflation uh, and a war on coal. And I can't think of a better way to give m people more money in their pocket to pay for higher grocery bills, to pay for higher gas and energy bills, uh, to pay for higher child care. It's, it's harder to secure child care right now. So the answer is you would lower the income tax? I want to eliminate the income tax to give people more money in their pocket. And the important thing is here is we will do it quickly, quickly and thoughtfully. And I'm going to work with the members of our legislature to get that done. And that's why I'm so excited to have Robbie on this ticket <laughs> Of course, with me. the law says that, that it is to be done thoughtfully. And it points out these triggers that have to be met in order to do the next uh, reduction. It was lowered a half a percent earlier this year. This would be another uh, half percent if the legislature moved on that. And the law says you didn't meet the trigger. Well, let me tell you what Andy Bashir did. Uh, despite the fact that we have record high inflation and it's harder to buy those things that I talked about earlier, uh, he vetoed tax cuts for hardworking Kentuckians. Yeah. And I'm the only candidate in this race right now that will say I want to eliminate the income tax because I want to give Kentuckians more of their hard-earned money to make their decisions uh, as it relates uh, to the uh, making sure that they have more money in their pocket to pay for those things we talked about earlier. Of course, Senator, as you know, the governor did sign the uh, the lowering of the income tax, uh, and that seemed to irritate Republicans that he did that. Uh, you know, but at the very start of this whole dialogue, he was vehemently opposed to a consumption-based tax, and he argued against it. He vetoed it at the very beginning, at the very beginning. Now, Bill, let's go back to why we want to get to zero. It's on a competitive reason, too. You know, Indiana's heading to zero. Tennessee's at zero. If Kentucky wants to be competitive in our regional area in so many ways, we've got to get to zero. And I would submit that we have thoughtfully proceeded down that track. And I think you'll see legislation talking about that again. Uh, it's, a, it's a conversation that's continuing. And Bill, let me also put a finer point on this. You know, the governor in an election year decided to sign that bill. But mm -hmm. in, when they originally instituted this process, he vetoed it right. because he does not care and is indifferent to the plight of hardworking Kentuckians. And again, that is the real point that needs to be addressed is that this governor is trying to take advantage of what our legislature started mm -hmm. uh, in an election year. And I'm going to be a governor that says whether it's this year or next year, we're going to eliminate Kentucky's income tax. I'm going to ask one more time, would you promote, though, running through this law as it exists uh, and, and, and going ahead and lowering that income tax more than what the law would currently allow? Well, I want to make sure that I work with our legislature. Again, I'm going to be the only candidate in this race. You can have Andy Bashir. Of course, I don't think he's agreed to come here yet. But I'm going to be the only candidate in this race that says, because we want to be more competitive with Tennessee, we want to be more competitive with our surrounding states. If we eliminate that income tax, I hear from employers all the time that say that Kentucky has been stuck at 4.5 million folks. 
one of the ways in which we attract people here and make sure that they don't head down 65 or 75 south and stay here is have that competitive income tax rate and eliminate it. And that's what I'll do as the next governor of Kentucky. You're essentially running two uh, full-time jobs right now, being the attorney general and running for governor. And uh, earlier in the week, in your official capacity, you announced uh, $800 million in opioid settlement money, where that was going to be going. Uh, you attended the SOAR Summit in southeastern Kentucky uh, uh, this week. Uh, nice to see you there. There was too, a focus, sure you as well. There was a focus on opioids and second chance opportunity for those in recovery. Is Kentucky uh, getting it right uh, at this point in, in, in taking on the drug issue? Well, let me say we are down the path to getting it right uh, because for the first time in our state's history, uh, Kentucky is a part of a global settlement that is bringing in nearly $900 million into the state to fight the opioid epidemic. Now, my predecessor, uh, Governor Bashir, had gotten good at filing lawsuits, but he hadn't gotten so good at bringing money into the state. And I chose a different approach. I chose an approach that says, we're not going to just talk about this anymore. We're going to actually bring dollars, hard dollars to the state. That's why we brought in that $900 million. And I was excited to uh, allocate 13.9 million of that this past Monday. Obviously, SOAR got $600,000 of that funding, but overall, we have allocated and distributed $30 million to fight the opioid epidemic. And this is a, you know, I tell people all the time, this is not an end-all, be-all, it's not a magic elixir, uh, but it is a significant down payment on addressing an affliction in our side that has plagued our people for far too long. And I'm gonna fight in the remainder of my term as Attorney General to make sure that we're holding manufacturers and distributors of these opioids accountable. They've come to the table to help us, but I want to continue to do more as the next governor of this Commonwealth. Senator Mills, that is an issue statewide, really. It, it, it is. And, you know, what I like about the uh, funding, the way it's trickling down, you know, I'm a local government guy, and half of these funds are going to local governments, and they are hitting the communities right now when they need it. And then the other half, obviously, is going through the uh, uh, committee, the opioid com abatement committee. So uh, I like that money is getting down to the grassroots level and addressing problems. All right. Well, you knew this was coming. I want to try to clear up your stance on exception to the state's near total ban on abortion. You had previously said that you opposed exceptions, uh, even in cases of rape or incest. Then you said on a Louisville radio station that you would sign a, an exceptions bill if the legislature passed one. And then after that, uh, you heard telling a supporter that you would only sign a bill if a court ordered one passed. Uh, so which of those is your position as voters are about to go to the polls? Bill, I've, I've been very consistent on this. I support the Human Life Protection Act, but if our legislature was to provide me with it, other exceptions, I would sign that law. But I want to juxtapose this with Andy Bashir's record on the issue of life. So I mean, you, let me, yeah. one, you, would, you would sign the bill and, and, and the court order is not a, a part of the, the calculus. Well, if you will recall, the state Supreme Court has been involved in this litigation, and my point is that there could be a situation where they require that there be additional exceptions placed into that, and our legislature would have to follow that law. I would excite that. But let me just get But if the they did not, and, it, but, and the but, legislature just passed one, and as you know, the, 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 the Republican who wants to I succeed you said yesterday that he favored I would sign the exceptions. Uh, but let me say, I would sign the exceptions. But let me say, on this issue, Andy Bashir is extreme. In all of his public statements, based on those public statements, Andy Bashir believes that there should be no limits on a 
abortions and he believes that taxpayers should pay for them. When he was in my role, Bill, he refused to defend a 20-week ban on abortion. As the sitting governor, he vetoed legislation to protect our children and our babies after 15 weeks from abortion. He's also signed a pledge saying taxpayers should pay for abortions. He even refused to sign a bill, a common sense bill, mm -hmm. that if a baby survives an abortion, is born alive, he refused to sign that bill. One that says we need to give that, that child medical care. That is extreme. And I know the majority of Kentuckians do not agree with a governor that functions more like, more like Gavin Newsom than a red state governor should. And I'm going to be a governor that stands up for your values, and I'm going to be a governor that opposes Joe Biden. Again, Joe Biden believes that Andy Bashir is his man here in Kentucky, so much so, Bill, that he's given Andy Bashir $250,000 into his campaign, making Joe Biden the largest contributor to Andy Bashir's campaign. If you want a governor that's going to stand up to Joe Biden and not do his bidding, vote Daniel Cameron and Robbie Bills you, on November uh, 7th. You were early on endorsed by uh, Donald Trump, uh, who is the front runner for the Republican nomination for next year. Do you anticipate that, is he helping your campaign? Will he uh, do that in the uh, closing weeks? Bill, I, we are certainly you know, working with uh, uh, President Trump's campaign, and, and stay tuned is, is my comment on that. But let me just say, uh, and you've probably seen the ad, Andy Bashir is trying to sh demonstrate or suggest that somehow he's been endorsed by Donald Trump. Everyone knows that I've been endorsed by Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump supports this campaign, and Donald Trump would never support a candidate for governor who is let out of jail, 2,000 criminals. Donald Trump would never support a candidate for governor who refuses to protect our kids. I mean, Andy Bashir vetoed legislation to protect women's sports from biological males. Andy Bashir vetoed legislation to protect our kids from these irreversible procedures. Donald Trump would never endorse that type of candidate. And I think it says that Andy Bashir is pretty desperate and afraid of November 7th because the more people hear about his record, the more that they understand that rather than stand up for our values, Andy Bashir standing up for Joe Biden's values and the sisters of perpetual indulgence. There values. was a lot of emphasis on the uh, issues related to uh, trans youth in the state during the uh, the session. In fact, it dominated that that legislative session. Senate Bill 150 was passed, uh, the Senator. It's sweeping. Do you believe that issue is now uh, addressed and that uh, the legislature now can move on to other issues? Yeah, I mean it was it was a wide and uh, widespread encompassing bill, and I think that. Uh, we need to make sure that that school systems are following that law and uh, I think it addresses many of the things that uh, constituents were coming back to us and asking about specifically on parent parental rights I think uh, the pandemic really opened up uh, the eyes of some parents to see what's going on in schools and they really felt like they weren't being listened to and I think uh, that law really helped quell some of parental right parental rights concerns and I think that we'll probably need a year or so to watch and see how that uh, works out but uh, it was a leading 
piece of legislation nationwide. Very proud of it. It all came together there at the end. Let me ask you uh, this. Uh, you know, as this and you're running a first statewide campaign, you've run one for attorney general, which is a, on a kind of different set of issues. But, you know, there are people out there who say these candidates just aren't talking about what I'm interested in. Uh, you know, and, and, and they'll say both sides because, you know, Governor Bashir uh, speaks of the economy and public education. Uh, there's been a lot of emphasis on the social issues from, uh, from, from your campaign. And people say, you know, we have poverty and we have health care issues and we have roads that need to be fixed and we have other uh, topics that need to be discussed in the campaign that are getting short shrift. You agree with that? Bill, this is why I'm such a big proponent. I mean, you talk about the fact that we have challenges related to poverty. And uh, as an official here in our Commonwealth, uh, I never want to see someone struggling uh, to make ends meet. And that's why I've been so insistent on eliminating that income tax because I want to give folks at home, mm -hmm. I want to give you more money in your pocket. I want to make sure that you're able uh, to pay for groceries, to pay for gas. I want to make sure you're able to secure childcare. I read a story uh, in the Wall Street Journal a couple weeks ago about a lady who has a single mother who has three children. The cost of childcare from 19 to 23 has ballooned exponentially because of Bidenomics and far left Democrat policies. And again, I'm saying as the Republican nominee for governor, I want to put more money in your pocket so that you can pay for those things. I fully agree with you that we need to have a conversation, and I've been trying to have one, about our economy. Andy Bashir doesn't want to have that conversation. You want to know why? Because since 2019, when he took the oath of office, there are 27,000 fewer Kentuckians working. Well, he talks we about have creating jobs, and that is, in other words, jobs are coming into the state, but do you think that the workforce participation issue is uh, multifaceted, right? Well, let me just say this. On the issue of job creation, Andy Bashir is having to make up for the number of folks that he put out of work since 2019. I mean, there's no debate that since, if you look at the Bureau of Labor, Labor Statistics, there are fewer people working in Kentucky now than when he took the oath of office. We've got 80,000 people right now that are receiving unemployment benefits. There are tens of thousands of folks that have even stopped looking for work. This is all under Andy Bashir's failed leadership. And I know there's a lot of people at home right now that want to get back into the work, work environment. They want to participate in our economy. But Andy Bashir has discouraged them from going to work for nearly three years. And part of what I'm saying, part of my pitch, is that I want to quit penalizing you for getting up and going to work in the morning by eliminating our income tax. And I want to encourage people. I think government has a responsibility to encourage people to go to work as opposed to them staying at home. All right, we're coming back on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers in just a moment. The Republican candidates for Governor and Lieutenant Governor are with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We're glad you're with us as we continue to meet with Robbie Mills, candidate for lieutenant governor and the candidate for governor of the Commonwealth on the Republican ticket is the Attorney General Daniel Cameron. We're continuing our discussion now. Uh, let's uh, talk about uh, the crime issue. That has been something you have emphasized. You've been Attorney General. You have uh, uh, talked about a multi-part plan including the death penalty for killing a police officer and uh, a state police post in Louisville. Those are uh, the planks. Uh, do you think the state would be safer with more people incarcerated? 
I, I certainly think we'd be safer if Andy Bashir wouldn't have let out 2,000 criminals, which is what he's done over the which course was during of the entire, pandemic, right? This was a it's over the course of these last uh, three and a half years, and it's one of the reasons when I go to the jailers conference, they support me. It's one of the reasons that the Kentucky Fraternal Order of Police, which though you'll know they endorsed Andy Bashir in 2019, but they've endorsed me this time because they know that I have a track record that I won't just say the right things on television. I'll actually support them through my actions. And Andy Bashir's uh, didn't the exact opposite. And let me just say, uh, you know, when he was uh, releasing criminals from jail uh, and making our cities and our communities more dangerous, uh, he didn't deploy law enforcement into our communities to, to help with that. You know where he deployed them. He deployed them to our churches and uh, to our churches to record license plates. And fortunately, I was the attorney general that got our churches reopened after nine days. But that is a really big point. Imagine having a governor that is, is okay disregarding your First Amendment right to worship. That's what Andy Bashir did uh, during uh, 2020 and 2021. What, how would you have handled that situation? Given, and, and let's go with it. The prison release came because there was belief that there would be rampant spread within institutions of, of coronavirus, that, that we were pre-vaccination uh, at that point. And, uh, and that was the same for the ban on mass gatherings. Uh, you would have taken neither of those actions? Well, two points on the, on, on the first one. Uh, what we had was a rampant spread in violent crime because he let out 2,000 criminals. And, it, and that is reported, that is factual. So much so that, uh, that Andy Bashir is now embarrassed to talk about the crime numbers. And they're, they're making up stats. I mean, there was just a report uh, out of Louisville yesterday that the state tried to show that there had been a 19% decrease in crime. Turns out that was a lie. There was actually a 12% increase under the Bashir administration. Uh, and so, again, you talk about the issues that people care about, public safety, the economy. I'm talking about those issues, well, but Andy but Bashir is running away from them. And then on, on your second point, uh, I think what a lot of people were frustrated by during the lockdowns and shutdowns is there was no, they didn't make any sense. For instance, I was talking to some folks earlier today. You could go into a Home Depot or you could go into a Lowe's but you couldn't go into a small hardware store. That doesn't make any sense. You could go into a Home Depot or Lowe's or some other big box store, but you, you couldn't go to church. That didn't make any sense. I was fortunate enough to go into federal court and get that executive order sh uh, struck down. But again, you should have had a governor that functioned more like a red state governor than a governor in Andy Bashir that functioned almost similar to what you saw from Gavin Newsom out in California. But even red states, you had the, there were bans on on mass gatherings in many many states early on in those first few weeks, right? I mean, the, the problem that would, we had, you're saying you would not have taken that action. The problem that we had here in Kentucky is that these didn't just last for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the, the, uh, Andy Bashir was saying that these things were going to be temporary. It's the same thing he says about inflation. It's all temporary. But temporary uh, was almost two years. And again, our people here, there's a restaurant here right, right in Lexington, Portofino, that had to close its doors because of Andy Bashir's deci decision to shut down a lot of our small businesses. And people are still struggling because of it. You needed a governor that was going to make common sense decisions mm -hmm. and that's what I would have done uh, and certainly you're gonna have leadership come uh, 20 uh, at the end of this year and 2024 and forward we're not gonna have vaccine mandates we're not gonna have mask mandates 
as I know Andy Bashir and other far-left Democrats are inclined to want to go down that road, you won't have that in the Cameron administration. Uh, Governor Bashir has been making proposals for the, the budget and last year, uh, Senator, the, those were largely ignored and the, the legislature did its own budget. Do you think that, uh, that a, a Cameron administration would be in a better position to have influence over the state budget? Absolutely. <coughs> and I'll go back to what we talked about earlier. Relationships matter in the legislature and in legislating. Daniel has relationships. I have relationships. That brings credibility to ideas. And when we submit our ideas, they're going to listen. And we'll have conversations and debate about those ideas. When you don't talk to the legislature and you just put up a document and say, here's my budget, that doesn't mean much. But when you have conversations and you vet things ahead of time, that's when Kentucky can be the best it can be. It's when the executive branch and the legislative branch are communicating and talking, and that's what you'll get with the Cameron Mills administration. General Cameron, uh, you know, this last tenure, as you've been Attorney General and Bashir has been Governor, there have been some extraordinary circumstances. Obviously, the pandemic, deadly tornadoes, historic floods. Uh, do you feel you would be better in dealing with crisis situations than what has been done? I would be a strong leader for this Commonwealth. And uh, certainly, whether there is a crisis, whether it be a tornado or flooding, I will be there uh, for our people. And you need a governor that's going to stand with you in those moments. But Bill, the other really important thing is that you have a governor that's standing with you every single day of the year. And Andy Bashir has sh shown over the course of these last three and a half years that he will not stand with our parents. He will not stand with our educators. I mean, th this is a governor who shut our schools down and our kids have significant learning loss because of it. I mean, our kids are falling behind on reading, science, and math. And you know, if you look at any of the reports, our kids stand to lose out on tens of thousands of dollars of earning income. That's why we put this Cameron catch-up plan forward, the education plan, because we want to catch our kids up and we want to make sure that our teachers are paid well and know that they are valued. I say that as the Republican nominee for governor. A few seconds left. Do you look forward to the debates? There, there are several between now and uh, Election Day. Bill, believe it or not, we've actually had two. I'm the only one that's shown up. Andy Bashir hasn't. So yes, I'm excited to show up and continue uh, to, to make the case that we need new leadership, a new direction, one that represents your values and will stand up to Joe Biden. Gentlemen, thanks for coming. We appreciate it very Thank much. Thank you, Bill, as always. We'll be back. We'll wrap up Kentucky Newsmakers in just a moment. We appreciate you being with us here on Kentucky Newsmakers. A reminder, the Kentucky debate here on WKYT will be coming up on Tuesday night, October 24th. That's two weeks before Election Day. Thank you so much for joining us. Make it a good week ahead.